everyone. It's another YFP chat live Thursday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Super excited for this one. So are you interested in building a platform that empowers people to find like-minded individuals online? That is exactly what we're talking about with our guest tonight, Victoria Oldridge. She's the founder and CEO of Moxtree.com. Super excited to talk to her about everything from mom stuff to tech stuff to uh, a, a startup that, as she was explaining to me earlier, that we never really go out of beta. What does that all mean? So make sure that you stay tuned through this entire 30 minutes and use the hashtag YFEChat. Make sure that also that you introduce yourself on the chat because we'll definitely be interacting with you. Thank you so much for showing up live. So usually we have an intro here. We are remake um, doing a little bit of a remodel on YFE Chat Live. So thank you so much for showing up live. I am your host, Jennifer Dono. You can tweet me at Jennifer Dono during this. We usually have a co-host on, Stacy at the Stacy Harris really miss her tonight she's at home sick with the flu she's been a busy girl girl over the last couple weeks and she's actually hosting our bootstrap book club that kicks off tomorrow with gary vaynerchuk's jab 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 right hook uh, that's at yfe.me forward slash bootstrap books maybe make sure that you go to facebook.com and search for that bootstrap books or use that link and request to join if you haven't already otherwise just be on the lookout for stacy harris's q1 tomorrow within the club and you can um, go in there and contribute to your discussion. We actually had a kickoff this morning on GenCast with Vicki from smallbusinessgal.com, which was super fun. So again, thanks all for coming. I want to give a shout out to Ashley Littlefield, who is actually on the other side of the world. It's 9 a.m. and she's tuning in to YFELive.com. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I need to get um, Ashley's username because she's so fun to follow because she does all these crazy travel things. I think it's, well, her Twitter handle is Squirrel Chase, so you'll have to, Ashley, tell me what's up with your Instagram. So anyway, beyond Bootstrap Book Club, we have our daily action calendar. Today's action was to watch the Steve Jobs iPhone presentation from 2007, because today is the day that the iPhone was first introduced to us. It's a very inspiring presentation, and it really, it's like Anticipation 101, how to build anticipation as a business owner. You can watch him and kind of dissect it. It's so fun. He, at one point, he goes through, you know, we're building these three things and then he flips it through if you guys haven't watched it yet it says iPhone or phone um, music player uh, internet connection <laughs> and it goes through and then he says get it it's one thing and everyone cheers <laughs> so funny anyway let's go ahead and talk about our guest <laughs> so like I was saying our topic is all about really building a community starting a tech company and serving the mom um, the mommy market. This is a common topic here with young female entrepreneurs. A number of us are young mothers. Um, if you are not a mother yet, I feel like a number of you are in that anticipation mode where you're trying to get your business to a point where you feel comfortable with taking that next step. So Victoria Aldridge, like I was saying, she had a, a very lucrative career in corporate America and then she got pregnant. She, With her infant son, she was going from pregnancy group to pregnancy group trying to find where she fit and she realized that there was something missing in there. So Victoria, thank you so much for coming tonight. Thank you for showing up live. So excited to have you because you're also in the Seattle area. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm excited. We can cover a lot of interesting topics tonight. So. I know, right? Well, and it's funny, I was telling Victoria, there's a number of people, so what I do with YFE is when I 
when I meet with people or network, I always ask them at the end who, you know, if you think of anyone that would be great to be presented in front of our audience, definitely send them my way. And most Seattle people will say, you need to check out the Moxtree founder. So uh, Victoria, thanks so much for coming on now. So tell us a little bit more about this whole background. Cause this is, I feel like where a lot of women are, where they have this corporate job, they get pregnant and then they're at home and you get an idea. And the difference between you and other moms is that you actually started. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it's a roller coaster ride. There's no sugarcoating it. It's a crazy roller coaster, and it's been one of the best things I've ever done. So, you know, I actually was stay I was stayed in the corporate world a little bit longer actually after my son was born. And what I noticed was it was it seemed to be a great time for a lot of people to start taking risks. And I had a lot of friends who were risk takers, and they were trying new things and taking leaps of faith. And I think. That's one of the things is, is not just what your disposition is as a person, but the people that you surround yourself with. And I knew a lot of people, men and women alike, that were taking chances and it was exhilarating to see and, and, I, and I have that sort of personality myself. So I thought, well now is maybe a good time to leave this eight year corporate you know, span, this good run that I've had and take a chance. I'd saved some money, I had a little bit of a nest egg and thought, you know, now's the time. So I actually started pondering it, you know, I was going to these moms groups and met some great people, but what I noticed was that the one common denominator that everyone had in common was a child. And I think, you know, today's woman, you know, we all have many interests. We're doing juggling multiple things at once. We have a lot of different passions, and I think our family is obviously one of those core passions, but we also have other dimensions to ourselves, and women need to be able to connect based on more than just having a child. And I asked a lot of other women what they thought about this and they said, oh, I'm glad you brought this up because we're having the same trouble. And I noticed there was actually a huge market of women that were struggling with this. So, you know, fast forward a little bit. I actually then had another child um, and I noticed this even more um, with the, the detachment of moms trying to connect and forming sustainable relationships. So I had another child and then I was in the throes of yet you know, more sleeplessness. So I had a, I had a almost two year old. No, I had a two and a half year old and a nine month old. And I suddenly said to my husband, I'm taking a leap and I'm gonna start this startup. And so it was almost like tagging on a third child back to back. It's not almost, it is. That's what, is. that's exactly how people describe it is having that other baby. Yes, it is. And you're taking such a leap and you're so passionate about the vision for something or the product or the service or whatever it is. And you're losing even more sleep because you're putting so much heart and soul into this that it is like having another child in a lot of ways. And so I don't know if I was in this sleep deprived stupor and I was just delusional and said, now I'm going to start a company. I have a two and a half year old and a nine month old. I'm going for it. But I just knew that it was time. And I believed I had enough confidence in myself that all of the skills I had acquired through my career had led me to a point of being fueled enough and curious enough and passionate enough to take a leap. And, you know, someone recently said, when you jump off of a cliff without a parachute, sometimes the parachute just shows up because you took the leap. And, and I believe that. It doesn't always happen that way, but I feel like when you get yourself set up to a point where you're ready to take a leap into something you believe in, nothing bad can come out of that because you're acquiring so many wonderful connections through that process. You're learning so much. And when you dive, head first into something, you're forced to learn quickly. You're yeah. forced to become really resourceful. 
your 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 of knowledge, and you learn exponentially faster than you would if you're waiting for the information to come to you at a company or something like that. So, so you never went back to corporate America or anything like that. You had your your son, or um, were you a, your first child is a son. Yes. Yeah, so you had your son, and then uh, were you on maternity leave at all? And then did you ever go back and say, what am I yeah. doing? Yeah, I did go back. I went back, and, um, you know, it took until he was about one, and I left. And I thought, now's the time to start pondering what else I want to do outside of the corporate world, or outside of at least the path I had been on. And then I was pregnant again <laughs> when I left, actually. I got pregnant right after that. About eight weeks after I left, I found out I was pregnant again just you know in the beginning and um and that's when she was nine months old and that's when i really took the leap and actually started taking the steps to implement the tech startup meaning what would the site look like and starting to just do rough sketches you know someone once told me once you kind of throw all of your ideas onto paper you're clearing room for new ideas to merge so get everything out as much as possible onto paper and start orchestrating it um so that you can clear room right away to start implementing the next step of what you want to do so that's a great tip. Now, as far as uh, the the actual commitment goes, now you were talking about at the very beginning that you felt like you had acquired enough knowledge and passion and excitement around this idea that you could go ahead and leap. But did you actually have any, because this is not, I mean, we're talking about a community-based website here where you're empowering other moms to meet other moms based off of interest versus just, you know, you're in the same location. Mm-hmm. So, and this is something that a lot of young female entrepreneurs are doing right now, They're but they're not at the point where Moxtree is, where it's a I mean, it's a social networking site. Mm-hmm. And now, did you have a tech background? Was that part of your experience? Did you have experience raising money, um, being a CEO? Like, where did all of that play into it? Yeah, well, I already had the business experience. I had about 10 years of that. So eight to 10 years of solid, you know, building a micro business within a macro business. So I felt really comfortable in that space. Um, in terms of tech, I was, I've always been interested in tech and science-oriented topics and subject matter. So I already had the interest. So I knew that if I had the interest, I could start to at least learn it. But one secret ingredient that I have is a geek husband. (laughs) And that goes a long way. Not only is he a geek husband and in love with computers and anything affiliated with them, but he is really, really supportive. Well, it's so. funny that you mentioned that because I was I was listening to the Jenny Hogan podcast and you're talking mm-hmm. about your husband and he's an electrical engineer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have a business partner that is a an electrical engineer, mm-hmm. and you're saying, well, you know, th- that he helped you, but I know for a fact that an electrical engineer does not make a developer <laughs> that could create a social networking site. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely sounded like he was a big part of the way, the reason why you were able to get the actual technology part li- yes. lifted off. But I feel like there's had to have been a lot more legwork than just relying on your husband to do uh, it. Absolutely. Well, he, it's, it's, there's multiple dimensions to this, but the first thing is I started to look at Elance and other and big companies and different types of development companies and contractors. And at the end of the day, even though he might have been an he might he's an electrical engineer, but you know this doesn't stretch that far from what he does in his job. To believe it or not, so he's designing chips and he's building things on a computer. And on top of that, he's a bright guy. So not only does he, is this kind of along the 
the thread of what he already does and to a degree but he's also really inquisitive himself and driven and and loves to build things and this I mean you're building a website and learning to code you are building something so he actually did very quickly teach himself how to do a large amount of the coding but even though he couldn't code a lot of the complex functionality what he became was a liaison between myself and the developers and that is just as important as any other component to what you're building because when you're when we communicate with men in general that's already a Venus and Mars different language right but when you're com communicating on top of that with a man who's an engineer or developer it's it's even more of a of a you know foreign language so what well, that's he became, funny too because then you yeah. have if you're using Elance at times I know a number of women that we've had on here that there's also a language barrier so mm -hmm. and oftentimes developers are more versed in speaking with people yes. in Russia or in South America and so they already have they have an understanding of the cultural differences that make that communication easier so I think that's a great point now before you go too far into it I wanted to ask you know you're talking about your husband adding this value into your company putting the hours the time into it along with you now is he does he have any equity in the company uh, were you paying him a salary or is this him just loving labor giving to you <laughs> yes yeah I mean Technically, he's not considered an employee, but at the end of the day, I consider this half his labor of love and half my labor of love. So it's not on paper that he's a co-founder, but in a way, he's kind of my technical co-founder. So are you 100% uh, founder, owner of Mockstreet.com? Yes. So you're 100% women-owned. That's awesome, especially now, you're, are you bootstrapping the company? Yes. And we're, we're actually, we've been recently more at junctures where we've been having investor interest. And that comes along with a whole other ball game because, you know, especially when they, you know, you, it depends on how dependent for the funding you are to take something to the next level and add additional features. And so naturally, you know, if you're not built out yet too far, then the, com then the investor can come in and naturally they'll take a good chunk of your company because you're dependent on those resources to take it to the next level and they'll have more input and you have to be willing also to give up some more of that control which I think for a lot of women is difficult to do. So, <laughs> so. In the, on that sense was there a reason why you didn't give your husband a percentage of the company? It, I mean was there any thought behind why you wanted to keep it a hundred percent female owned? No not at all. There's no rhyme or reason behind that. We just hadn't gone through any you know any formality of he, actually. He wasn't like, give me, give me a chunk of this or I'm not going to do it. No. He, knows, <laughs> he knows at the end of the day, we're all in this together, regardless of what's on paper, you know, we're in this together. So I think that's a great, uh, yeah. I, oftentimes conversations like this will come up in YFE chat live where I feel like a lot of us stop from starting because we have all these internal conversations. How am I going to divide up equity? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And you just, like you said, you're you're quite a ways into it. You launched, I mean, not that long ago, really fully out. Mm -hmm. um, but you're still having those conversations of, you know, how are we dividing up the company? What are we going to do with investors? You have a product out there and you've already tested it. So I think that's a great reminder. Um, now, going into the community piece of this. Mm -hmm. uh, like I was saying, young female entrepreneurs, that is a common business model where we're out there, we're building a community, we're charging for membership sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's tough. Uh, building a community is way harder than, <laughs> than it looks. So yeah. as far as Moxtree.com goes and you're looking at investors, what are the ways that you can monetize a community? Well, our initial interest was actually going the advertising route. 
and we had people lined up who wanted to advertise. Then they kept saying, "When can Especially we advertise?" Especially with the mommy market. Yeah. Well, and the reason, you know, and yeah, the, everyone, when whoever goes into the mommy space um, and tries to, you know, people will always say that's a tough nut to crack because they feel like moms are so bombarded with so many different products and services that it's really tough to get a mom's attention, especially with how how much we're juggling family and everything else. So it's true, when people say it's a tough nut to crack, it is. If you're getting specifically into the mom space, um, but the more, you know, what happens is the more you immerse yourself in the community here, which I have and spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs, talked to a lot of people who run incubators here, the more you get a grip on what's actually happening out there. And a lot of people said, don't do advertising. People don't want to see advertisements. And I actually had that instinct myself from the beginning. I don't personally like to see too many advertisements to be bombarded with when I'm on any platform. And so my instincts were kind of correct there and I didn't entirely go with it at first, but people say, you know, stay away from that. And then the next option here moving forward, because we're only recently launched, we're not even too long out of the gates in terms of an official launch, um, would be to monetize it based on membership. So that's a, that's a potential next step that we're looking at. But you, you know, you, the, the thing you get scared about, and I was having a conversation with a friend recently who's, who's running an app, is, is monetizing. And sometimes you go, well, if I charge these people this amount, am I going to lose people here? Or am I going to upset these people if I charge it? So there's always this worry that you're going to upset people or if you're doing the right thing for your demographic. And someone recently said to me, when you know you're providing value, you have a right to charge. And it may not please everybody, but but you have to make a decision and go forward and believe in, in your platform or what you, whatever you have to offer. So I thought that was good advice. You know, and advertising is not my favorite way to go either. I've heard of a number of people, a number of people, especially startups that have an app and they do the whole um, affiliate type thing. So other than advertising and charging members, have you had discussion about any other way to go as far as community goes, creating your own product, something like that? Because not only are you in the mommy market, but you're also in a local market, which is also something that's really hard for, very attractive for people to go into as far as, um, you know, advertising goes and sponsors. Yeah, so in terms of adding additional products to the platform or? Yeah, just adding additional ways to monetize. So like, for example, there's a couple uh, women that I'm thinking of that have communities and they've created events uh, oh. where they monetize through conferences or something like that. Is there any other ways that you've had like serious discussions on? Because yeah. this is what I'm talking about, ladies that are starting communities. It's tough, it's really yeah. hard, and there's not, I feel like there's a limited number of ways to go to monetize those eyeballs that you have. Yeah, you know, I've looked in terms of strategic partnerships with people who run mom-centric types of conferences, but I haven't looked at actually starting something like that myself. I feel like I'm trying, I mean, it's, it's a great way, I guess, to, it's a potentially new leg to advertise through, but I'm trying to really stay focused right now on the platform and additional features and optimizing the platform we have opposed to spreading too thin and also because that you know planning conferences and all those types of things is an, is a, a job in itself yeah so I'm trying not to spread too thin and diversify too much out of the gate and more to kind of focus on the platform itself and get more market feedback and optimize and then build new features out that keep people engaged because I think that's probably the toughest part is how on any platform do you keep people engaged and so we're more focused right now on optimizing new fe creating new features and optimizing what we have in order to sustain and create more engagement 
that's a great point as far as focus goes. And so, I mean, we're talking about, you know, keeping people engaged, but getting people there in the first place, especially moms, moms with kids too. I know privacy is going to be an issue. And I think a lot of people might forget about that when they're going into building a community, building an app or anything like that. But privacy is definitely a concern. So what did you look at as far as privacy goes? Did that you just use your own experience in deciding, you know, what ages to show, things like that? Yeah, well, my own experience, but I also asked a lot of people. So I made sure that I asked a good sample size of women. And, and the general consensus was, if they have the option to not display their age, which they do when they sign up, if the, if the mom uh, would rather not people be exposed to her age, then she can turn off a um, filter. And so that wouldn't be visible. Your children's ages are visible, but not their birth dates. So all of that type of information has to be input in terms of your age and your children so that we can match moms more appropriately based on their age range and their children's age range. Because so many moms go to these groups and they find that there's a 10 year difference between themselves and someone else and or their kids are three, four years age difference, which is a lot at that when they're when your children are young. So yeah. <laughs> Moxtree enables moms to filter more acutely so that they're more matched with people that are closer in age to themselves and their children. So that's, that information is critical, but it, the, as I said, the children's birth dates is not visible and the mom has the option to not even display her own birth date. So on top of that, we have the SSL certificate certificates built in, which is an added security on the back end of the site. Um, and then people can also sign up through Facebook and pull their information automatically over through Facebook and all of that's, that's nice. protected as well. So yeah, it's definitely secure and that was a real high priority. Um, well, so let's talk about then, you know, you're focusing on creating this really awesome product. You're making sure that people feel comfortable showing up and participating in the community. But how do you get people to actually find out about your platform in the first place? What has been effective ways of, of marketing and actually converting those eyeballs into people that have signed up and used the site? Yeah, well, you know, I I dove headfirst into a lot of meetups and incubators around here. And, you know, I really just tried to navigate very quickly to find out who was going to be supportive of who. <laughs> who And women tend to be actually very supportive. I know that people feel contrary to that sometimes, but I found that women around here and a lot of men have been extremely supportive. So I think reaching out to mom bloggers is really important because they have such a huge reach. Um, being immersed in other tech startup communities and showing what kind of value you can provide to them. And then people tend to think of you a little bit more often as well as to where there could be some synergy or overlap and how they can support you. So I think a lot of it is just putting yourself out there and letting people know how passionate you are about what you're doing and how, well, how much you want to also support their endeavors. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this leap together. And um, it tends to be a very nice community-based um, you know, experience in this whole entrepreneur world. It's a very kind of tight community. Um, whether you're here, San Francisco, you know, Silicon Valley, or Austin, New York, I mean, those are other big um, tech hubs and startup hubs. And um, yeah, I think getting out there and, and just being vulnerable is is a great first step. And people tend to, you know, reflect back what you're what you're aiming to do to support them. And uh, Women 2.0 is a great resource if any of you um, are getting ready to launch or have added a new feature to your platform or whatever it might be. Um, women 2.0 is very supportive, and they're a great way to help get the word out. Are you going to the Women 2.0 Founders Friday? Founder Friday? Yeah, I actually spoke yeah. at one of those um, a oh. couple of months ago um, over at Peter Cheese Think Space here in Seattle. What? Yeah. On the east side, too? Oh, that really bugs no, me out. No, he's at his new location, actually. In oh. Down- 
It's a really sweet spot, by the way. It's really nice down there. Um, so yeah, but they're yeah they're going through some transition in terms of women 2.0, but they are still going strong in a lot of cities around the country. Well, so I, they've done a couple of stories on Mox Tree, which has been very supportive. So I encourage all of you out there. Um, that's a great way to get the word out and follow Women 2.0. They're a great organization. Um, Geek Wire here um, did an article on Mox Tree. As you know, I did some work with Jenny Hogan at Cairo Radio. Um, I think. You know, and I support her endeavors a lot too. I really believe in what she's trying to do, and she's taking a leap of faith too with her TV Interact. And you know, know, so I'm Jenny really Hogan is awesome. She's such a yeah. good role model. Yeah, she's awesome. She's a great friend, and yeah, I just think you know, if we want people to build communities online, I think we also need to demonstrate that outside of that and build communities with other women and female entrepreneurs and. Um, just support support one another is the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, going out of your way to support people because I know it takes effort to comment on that social media post that they're they're excited about or email or go out and introduce yourself at networking. But I think yeah. that's great advice. And I wanted to end this on you were talking to me earlier about how this, this startup, just saying yes and getting started has led you in so many different paths and given you so many opportunities. And one of those is in discovering writing and that now you you write for the Huffington Post. I'm a contributing writer, yeah. Contributing writer. Uh, That's awesome. Now, as far as the writing goes, I mean, how did that, how did you actually get started on that? Did you pitch people? Did someone come to you? Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of those, actually. I have been writing already for 10 years, and any time I would travel to a new country or even have a mundane experience, I'd write about it, and I enjoyed it. And so people around me already kind of know that on the side, I enjoy to write, enjoy writing. Um, but on top of that, you know, people said you need to have a bigger voice, you need a bigger platform to put this on. And so I had friends that did approach me and they didn't pull strings necessarily, but they referred me onto how, how I could pitch and gave me tips on how to pitch Huffington Post. And I pitched and, and it worked out. <laughs> it worked out really well, which was great because I love being able to spread messages and inspire others, you know, to look at things through a new lens. Um, through my writing. So it's been a wonderful opportunity and I've been meeting some great people. I recently interviewed um, Olympian Dara Torres, um, Oprah guest and thought leader Gabrielle Bernstein, um, recently oh, Chef oh, Curtis Stone. Do you know Curtis Stone? I saw you your Instagram picture with him. I wanted oh. to ask you, what was that? Yeah, well I went to LA um, a few weeks ago and interviewed him. Um, so, you know, I've been, I really, I just, I have a real passion for it. So what I'm, You didn't just interview is, him though. You were like cooking in the kitchen with him, right? No, I went over though. He took me to see his restaurant okay. that he's building. It's going to open That's pretty soon. Awesome. So. What a yeah. fun opportunity. Yeah, it was awesome. So, um, so that, that would be my final real message to people is, you know, regardless of, take that leap. And when you take that leap, all these different doors open and, and, and you meet wonderful people and you, you, you're inspired by other people, you can hopefully inspire them, but it takes you on all these different tangents and just be open to what that leap, where that leap takes you. Because it may not take you in exactly the direction you initially thought it would take you, but it takes you into all these other wonderful things as well that you carry with you forever and, and you, you grow with it. So one, writing for the HuffPost was one of those tangential things that came along with getting out there and meeting great people and realizing that I could do more with my writing, so. Nice. 
Well, Victoria, thank you so much for coming on live with us. This is so much fun. I know a lot of the women in the chat were benefiting are there saying, yes, that's that's a great um, a great message. So Victoria, where can people find you online as far as you know Twitter goes, where they can follow you personally and also find out more about Moxtree? Yeah, so Moxtree is just moxtree.com, M-O-X-T-R-E-E.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, at Moxtree. So, and then we have the Moxtree Facebook page as well. Um, and then obviously I'm personally on Facebook, but um, I'm also on Instagram and um, Tumblr, but I don't really use Tumblr, and I'm on Pinterest, <laughs> but I don't really use Pinterest that much. <laughs> funny. We had someone on this morning, Vicky from smallbusinessgal.com. She's like, I'm on Pinterest, but I don't really use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not really a pinner, but um, but I'm a tweeter, and um, and I'm you know I'm on I'm pretty pre you know prevalent on Facebook, but in term in terms of my activity level but um yeah so I'm, I'm I'm you know really grateful to be here and I really hope I was at least able to convey a couple of nuggets of wisdom to your audience tonight and at the end of the day we're all in this together ladies so nice message to end on thank you so much Victoria thank you have a great night so you everyone too. you've been watching YFE chat live the live show that happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific 9 Eastern here on yfelive.com I want to thank everyone that showed up live. I definitely thank, like I said, Ashley. She also shared for everyone the clashleyfiles.com. That's her travel site. So if you want to be inspired by far off places while you're working, uh, definitely check her out. Otherwise, you know, thanks again to my guest, Victoria. Wasn't she inspiring? She's just, I can understand why so many people say you have to meet her because she just seems very positive and um, happy. And I'm sure that starting a business, especially like Moxtree, well, having two kids is tough work. So uh, thanks again to Victoria. Check out Moxtree.com. Make sure that you show up at 10 a.m. Pacific tomorrow on YNPLive.com. We have another GenCast Live. This time my guest is Alexis from Miss Trenchcoat on YouTube. She has a very large YouTube following. And we're going to be talking about being geek chic in 2014. <laughs> I'm really excited about this because she was on with Chris Perillo not that long ago on YouTube. And um, I just think it's going to be a fun little message. So show up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for watching. This has been Jennifer Dono. Tweet me at Jennifer Dono. Otherwise, sign up for the YFE mailing list at yfe.me forward slash mail it. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. <laughs>